Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Iron Real Estate. And as I've always said, we're the only show on talk radio that's all about real estate and the millions of things that have to do with real estate, which is just about everything. I think the pandemic took press, but everything is, you know, anything that goes on, good, bad, ugly, terrific, affects real estate in some way. Um, but as I said, Unlike the stock market, remember, real estate usually doesn't plummet overnight. So, you know, if it's a long-term investment. Anyhow, um, we talk about everything to do with real estate and what affects real estate, which is the economy, which is really everything. So if you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. Please give us, call us, give us a ring, you know, reach us by email, radio station on the internet, uh, dottieherman.com. But at or call us at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Um, just, this week is only an hour. Um, only an hour show, so make sure you stay tuned in. If you have any questions, you have to come on with them early. Um, and this week, I have a special person on the show that will come on at 1030. She is a special friend, to, and um, she's also... A Broadway producer, and like I said, we're such good friends. Her name is Wendy Fetterman. She is an 11-time Tony Award-winning theater and film producer. She's received, I don't know, I mean, two Oliver Awards, 10 Drama Desk Awards, 18 out of, I mean, like, her bio is like a page and a half. I will, you'll be, it, it's so long, I just can't go through it all. Um, she is also a film producer and served as the producer of Wakefield starring Brian Cranston and God Com- Committee with Kelsey Grammer and is the executive producer on the upcoming film Lily based on the life of a fair pay advocate Lily Ledbetter. Um, Wendy's also founded the fundraising event Broadway's Got Guts and is the chair of the nominating committee. I could go on. It's, but I have to tell you, when you hear her and she's going to come in at 1030, because, you know, it affected real estate. It affected everything with Broadway being closed down. And Broadway is now open again. And uh, from what Wendy tells me, I haven't, I, I think maybe I haven't gone back yet. But it, she said there's not a knife. It's not filled. So at 1030, you're not going to want to miss her. And she's the most down-to-earth person. And how Broadway is opening, and of course, between Broadway opening, the restaurants are jammed, and uh, 
I'm sure Ace, you know, you can't really get in any place without a reservation. Uh, it's, it's starting to come back. It's like really feels well, Dottie, like that's... actually, you know, Ace, I drove from the Hamptons because, you know, I, I fractured my spine, as I told everyone. And so it was just easier to be there with less people around. And I can't, I couldn't walk. So I, it's easy, I could drive. So I came back to the city after I was like out for a week and a half. And the traffic, I mean, I did leave at the wrong time. It was rush hour. But I don't know, I came back a couple of days ago. And even in the worst rush hour, I have to tell you, it was horrendous. (laughs) I think people are really, you know, from the COVID have not really gone back to the taking transit the way they did. What do you think? Yeah, Dottie, the rush hour traffic is insane. You know, Wendy, she's got quite the resume. And it's, it's, it's so ideal that the Broadway shows are now open. And, you know, I live right around Times Square now, Dottie. And, you know, when I walk around Times Square, I was, I was there yesterday. It is just, it's, it's, it's live, right? It's, it's, uh, it's back. And it's great to see the city really having such a robust sort of, um, you know, I, I can't even explain the energy. I mean, I was here during the pandemic where, there was nobody on the streets, Dottie. And now there's rush hour traffic. The restaurants are always, always, you know, sold out. And I mean, you, you can't even make a reservation. You have to, some restaurants, you have to make a reservation two months in advance. And it's, it's, it's just amazing to see the city, you know, really, really vibrant and, and really coming back stronger than ever, you know, and, and, Folks I agree. And it would take New York City five years, Dottie, and it's it's only taken less than literally a year, and and we're back. It's it's great. I know, Ace. I was really because I couldn't do anything because of my uh, spine, and I was forced to just kind of lay around, which I was going crazy. But I, I had to think, and I started thinking back, and God, we go back a long time, and I'm thought that we've been through. New York, you know, we've been through recessions, big markets, great markets, down markets. We went through, what is it, 2007, when that's when the people were yeah. rushing to the banks to get all their money out. Okay. Yep, yep. We've been through so many ups and downs. And I remember at 9-11, everything was closed down. And this is a true story. I... I begged, and, and, and now, you know, then I wrote, no, maybe it was 2006, 2007. When did we have a hurricane with that? Hurricane I, Sandy I, was right around 2006, Dottie, right? Yeah, 2006, 2007, we had a, re- yeah. And everything, it, it hit downtown, like, you know, you know, more than the east side or the west uptown. So, when I, I, they really weren't in the radio station and I couldn't get there. I was trying to get there and I begged, I begged them to let me get there. You couldn't even get a phone line if I recall. And I put a big thing in the paper and I, I put all the lists of my offices that had electricity. So whether they were on Long Island, whether they were in the city or Queens, um, I, you know, because this, you know, I had lists of all the offices that had electricity, and I said, like, if you, because people lost power from a lot, especially on Long Island, uh, I put in downtown. Um, so I put all these numbers down to go into the offices, recharge your cell phones, whatever. And a, a man called. I swear to you, this is true. A man called in the station. He said, listen, I heard your broadcast and 
I told him all the emergency things that they could do. He said, I have planes. He was from the Hamptons, and he owned a bunch of planes, like a, like a, little, like a fleet of planes. He said, I will give you three planes, he said, to bring supplies to bring supplies to the people that can't get at, you know, because I think Long Beach and places like that, they just really were in bad shape. So I thought it was a joke, but it wasn't. And um, he gave me his number over the phone on the air, and I called him, and he had planes out. Now, you know, I had to think quick. I, You know, I didn't have time to check them out or anything. I just did it. And... You know, we collected clothes and we opened whatever offices. We put a big ad thing in the post and with all, it wasn't an ad. It was just telling you what offices were open and had electricity. And then he sent, I think, about 150 transmitters. Because I think all the electricity was out, if I recall, from the floods. I watched the plane, the first plane that really left before anybody. And then... um, of course, the attorney for the company, which I won't mention his name, but he's a friend. But he's, he's like, uh, you, do you know who's, uh, how these supplies are going out? The company could be great. You know, you have to check. And we checked everything out. Everything was true. And it was just a, a great thing. And we've been through so much that, like I would say, and, you know, we've been together for a lot of years. They say, hey, don't bet against the city. You're going to lose. I remember Hurricane Sandy was actually 2012, Dottie. So literally, um, right about nine years ago. Well, you know? yeah. yeah. And so we've been through so much. And New York is, you know, and I, again, I, you know, and everyone is just, you know, hey, listen, you know, I remember taking my shoes off and and, and going, I don't know if it was 9-11, I guess it was the day which was mixed up. And going to the, one of our offices, which we have many floors, the, you know, on Madison Avenue, and we, and I had big heels on, and we had, oh, this was after 9-11, and they were expecting a second terrorist attack. And uh, something happened, and everybody was on alert, and we thought it was another terrorist attack. I actually went to our office on Madison Avenue took my high heels off, walked up every floor, and found agents still working even though they're supposed to leave. So, you know, <laughs> through thick and thin, everybody goes on, and it's just um, incredible how, you know, how we've been through and we've gone through and people go through. And I guess everything, you know, everyone can do what they can do when you have to do it. Because yeah. when you found out about the pandemic, and they closed. What What did you initially think? Like when you first found out about the pandemic and then they first locked us down. Where you, everybody had something, to stuff. What did you think? Yeah, it was, something that, it was something that we've never seen before, right? I've never seen New York City shut down the way that they did. And it was just one of those things where you kind of second-guess yourself. And you're like, wow, are we ever going to recover from this? Because it just seemed like all the small businesses were closing down. They were pretty much devastated by the pandemic with with the economy. And, you know, you, you, you kind of think to yourself, like, we've been through 9-11, we've been through Hurricane Sandy, the recession, and we've never seen anything like this. So, you know, the recovery period, we thought was going to take at least a couple of years. And to see the economy really 
I mean, it's it's just amazing. The stock market is literally on fire, and on fire. You know, it's just great to see. It's it's really great to see how many people actually benefited from the pandemic. And and look, there's a, there's a tale of two stories, right? A lot of people suffered, but a lot of people actually did pretty well uh, during the pandemic as well. So it's 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 really good to see. New York City back and other major cities really vibrant and coming back to life. So, you know, you, you can't, you, well, you just can't describe you, it and, and you just count your blessings, you know, every single day. So it's it's great. Yeah. Talking about everything coming back, the U.S., you know, the United States, they increased 14% in sales. Like they did 14 more percent sales this year uh, than ever. And it was a rate of 8 Okay, well, 800000 I mean, and the rents, let's face it, you could really buy a lot of New York City at a discount, which you could never do. I don't remember when you could have done it last, probably during 9-11. Okay, but now well, the rentals are back to pretty much, you know, what they were. I mean, everything, not only, you know, real estate really came back in a big way, um, you know, and, 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 the only cities that had largest larger gains were Phoenix and San Diego, um, and prices nationwide were up twenty five percent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you know I kind of think, and I've always said, there's no place like home. And you know, I uh, often tell people I've always hated my name, and I you know nobody had that name. Okay, so when I was young, the name Dorothy, like, so like when I was young, somebody who was 40 was old, and I would say, only a few old people. And I couldn't ask my mom because she died when I was young. So I, I, I looked up the name somewhere in this book that tells you what your name means, and it said it was popular in like 1922. I didn't know one person, and I just sort of sounded old. And then I said, well, she must have been watching The Wizard of Oz. And I love The Wizard of Oz. You know, and I have a thing, you know, that says there's no place like home. And truthfully, whether you have a a 600-square-foot apartment, you know, whether you have a house in suburbia, whether you're in the city, whether you're in some mansion somewhere, doesn't it feel good, no matter where it is, when you get back from, like, a stressful day or from being away even, to go to your place, no matter like the size, and you feel I'm home. Scotty, there's and really I, no place right? like home, and yeah, and 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 I think the pandemic really showed us how important our homes were, right? I, I think you know people value now so much more, you know, your own space and and your own sort of just just your your oasis, and and I think people now more than ever feel like they need to own a home and they need that sort of sense of just security and comfort. And it's just, it just made you realize a lot of things Dottie, during the pandemic. Well, I right? think you're so. right. And I think that we were running, 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 running. And, you know, Correct. nonstop, you try to take a breath. Exactly. Okay. And then all of a sudden, everybody across the world was forced to stop. To stop. You just were yeah. forced. You know, nobody would get. And then when it first happened, I said, "Ah, it'll be a couple of weeks." I never expected that it would last as long as it lasts. But I really remember. I remember like the first 
week or two, every salesperson that tried to get me for 15 years called. And I took the call. <laughs> yeah. We were so bored. We didn't know what to do. I said, oh, this is your lucky day. You've tried to get a hold of me for 15 years. I haven't really been interested. But at least I'll listen now. I mean, that was how desperate everyone was just to speak to people. And I think your home, obviously, we take, all of us take for granted some of the things that really are most important because we just don't stop to think. And now when you're, we were forced. So I agree with you. It made you value your home and your space. It made you also value your friends and the people that you, yeah. and your family. And you were like, not that you didn't care about them also, but you were stopped and you were worried to make sure they'd be okay. And what we took for granted, now we couldn't see anybody. Um, you know, you know it's, and it's I. funny how, yeah, I, I mean, look, what you're saying is you're hitting it right on the nail, right? It's all about perspective. And a lot of the colleagues that I work with today, they're like, Ace, I never realized you know, what I was missing in terms of quality of life and balance. And I think it really put things into perspective. And now folks are actually saying, hey, I can actually work from home twice a week and still really, you know, become more productive and things of that nature. So I think if anything, there were some positives out of this pandemic, really just giving us all a reset button and starting fresh, you know, and, and really making sure the people that we really care about know that, you know, we're there, and it's it just really deepened a lot more relationships, I, I feel, you know, throughout the pandemic. I agree so, with you. Great. I agree with you, you know, and I think that of every, you know, and I, I say this to people, in the darkest times that when you walk through something that's kind of dark, and when you get, and, and I would, whenever I was going through something really pretty bad, I would say to myself, God, like, why are you doing this? Why am I going through this? And then when you get through that dark space or that place that's not great, when you get out, there's always a lesson, or then you say, well, that's why this probably happened. And I really do think you're right. I mean, that everybody had to stop and kind of do a reset. And so there was good that came out of the bad. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's why you're seeing now so many people buying more houses and homes. I mean, it's like crazy. I thought that's the, the real estate's going to look really like because, you know, you couldn't even show real estate. Okay, I thought, you know, God, this is really going to be, the business is going to be over. Okay? And it just made the demand even greater and greater um, because I think people realized. And now the pandemic, as you just stated, caused trends that, like I've said this on the air a bunch of times, that will probably were going to happen, but would have taken more time, but they just brought them to the table quickly. So you're going to, everyone else here say, what do you, what is your prediction of real estate uh, for 2021 to 22? And here's my prediction. And remember, no matter who writes their prediction, nobody knows, but the man upstairs really what's going to happen. But the way I see it is that we're going to have a robust market. There's still a lot, and this is across the country. There's a lot more supply and a lot less supply. And the demand is there. The biggest generation of buying homes are the, of, of, excuse me, the millennials, which are, you know, they're at the age of having families. And um, I think it's going to be, you know, I think there'll still be bidding wars. I think it'll calm down a little bit, like it'll be a little bit, you know, steady. But it's going to be a strong real estate market, I think, all of 22 also. What about interest rates? 
As long as interest rates stay low. Still at an all-time low. I think we have a break coming up. I hear the music. So uh, we will be right back. And if you're looking to call in, 1-870-9622. We want to hear from you. Are you worried about having lung cancer? I worry about everything, of course. But instead of worrying, go see my friends at Trinitas for a screening. If you're between 50 and 80 years old and have a 20-pack year smoking history, you know, like uh, if you've been smoking like that, or even if you've quit in the past 15 years, listen to me, please. It's no joke. It's time for a lung screening. Give them a call. Make an appointment right now at 908-994-5984. It's 908-994-5984. It's low-dose, painless, non-invasive, fast and easy, and only takes 30 seconds at Trinitas to have a screening, and it could save your life. Finding out if you have lung cancer while it's still curable makes all the difference. If you catch it in time, you can beat it. Screenings are covered by most insurance. Do it for your family. Do it for yourself. Just do it. You can count on Trinitas to take care of you. 908-994-5984. Make an appointment. It's 908-994-5984. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Software engineer, Peloton Interactive, Inc. in New York, New York. Job description, conduct software development tasks in creating, modifying, and maintaining proprietary applications. Conduct continuous quality assurance procedures to ensure that software complies with user requirements and maintains operations efficiency. Assess feasibility of designing and developing new software applications within design and capacity constraints. Work with software development team on design and continuous development initiatives to optimize user experience and realize product strategy. Conduct software quality analysis and testing, which drives design, development, and modification of software in a manner that ensures specifications are met. Evolve architecture of various system components and services. Propose, experiment, and implement solutions to scale applications for a worldwide community of concurrent users. May telecommute from any location within the U.S. Resume to Christina.ellis at onepeloton.com, job code 49134.00126. That's Christina.ellis at onepeloton.com, job code 491. 491- Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake, and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation, and I've never found anything that worked 
worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. I'm here with my co-host, Ace Wyatt-Suparp. And uh, at 1030, we'll have Broadway producer, Wendy Fetterman. And we were just giving you an update on our predictions and what's actually going on across the country and in New York State and the Tri-State. And uh, well, I'm going to give you my predictions. I think, Ace, right before the break, you were in the middle of talking about interest rates because we're expecting a great market. And I'm going to give you some numbers after Ace speaks about what we actually, what what prices really went for. Uh, but that's all, you know, I said we're going to have a robust market, I believe, in 2022. But that's all that interest rates remain low. So so many people ask, Ace, why are prices coming back stronger than ever? And I think it's important for our listeners to know that, you know, since 2010, we have 400,000 fewer housing units um, than than demand, right? So 400,000 units still under supply. So basically, there's a supply chain issue right now. And I think that's what's really, really stimulating the housing market and, and we're going to continue to see the housing market continue to strive for the next couple of years because there's just not enough homes and builders are you know builders stopped building a couple of years ago and there's been a shortage of homes and that's where we're going to continue to see this trend where it's it's really positive for the real estate market but more importantly you know with rates being so low still right around three percent below three percent it's it's an amazing time to buy, and, and we talk about this all the time, Dottie. When we look back 10 years from today, and for folks that didn't pull the trigger during this environment, we're going to look back and we're going to say, wow, that was one of the best real estate markets um, in, in, a, in a very, very long time, probably in, in I've been in, in business a long years. time. I, I don't you know. Dottie, yeah, I so. agree. I'm, I agree with you, Ace. I mean, I've been in business a lot of years. I never quite or or predicted. I don't think anyone could predict during the pandemic what the heck was going to happen, you know, afterwards. Exactly. So exactly. I, you know, but I was just, I was reading, I started giving some actual numbers, even though, you know, I don't want to bore people with too many numbers, but the governor of, projects that the revenue is four for New York is $4 billion above estimates. Thanks to the housing market. Yeah. Yeah. And just a year ago, um, they, they warned that we had a budget crisis and that would leave New York $16 billion short this year. And they had plenty of cash. The pandemic, because of all the stuff that happened and all the grants, they have more money. New revenue figures project to balance the state budget through 2000 for New York, that it will be balanced through the fiscal year of 2025 and benefit the industry by reducing the likelihood that New York will raise taxes. Now, if you go yeah. back 
Every time they had a problem in New York that they needed money, what did they do? They put another real estate tax, a Pierre de Terre tax, a millionaire Pierre man's tax, tax, a yeah. this tax. Yeah. And um, so they, they continue trying. So uh, I, I don't think they really have to do that. You know, I think they, I think that that really, they have plenty, they have actually more money than they had well, much more money, well, better positioned than they were before the pandemic because they really had a shortage then. So, you know, like you said, there's really a lot of bad and we really feel for all the people that lost their lives and the people that were sick and anyone that had someone they cared about. It was really a horrible situation and very nerve-wracking, and it's still going on. I mean, I'm, I think, but this is just my opinion, I think it seems to have calmed down a bit. Um, but I remember yeah. watching the, the governor. I don't know if you did, but I think everyone I know did, in New York at least. I remember every day at 11 o'clock, the governor, the ex-governor would come on, and like I had to hear what he had to say because he informed everybody what was going on. And... Um, you know, and it was, you know, New York was tough, you know, as far as a, as a state. They were tough on what, you know, you really couldn't even go into somebody's building, if, even if you were their mother or you wanted to see your mother. But in the long run, I, you know, I think that probably was the right thing to do because, you know, who knows how long it would have gone on for. I mean, Dottie, um, it was the epicenter of the pandemic, right? And just to see health care workers flying in, 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 in the tunes of thousands coming into New York City and helping us get through the pandemic was amazing. And you know what? You know, talking about positivity with the Broadway shows opening up, we have our guest now, um, Dottie, Wendy, um, who's, I, I believe, waiting at, um, online. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, um, hey, let's go. Um, <laughs> Wendy, how oh, are Wendy, you? I just saw you at a major event. Welcome to I Own Real Estate. We're so glad you could join us. My pleasure. I enjoyed, was enjoying listening and listening to the fact that things are booming again, and that's including Broadway. You know, Wendy, I remember talking to you uh, during the pandemic. And we were like, well, I don't know what's going to happen to real estate. And Broadway is closed down. And, you know, it was just, uh, I mean, what, you know, what did you, you know, what were you, like, what were we all thinking? Because I don't think any of us thought it was going to last as long as it did. And, you know, you know, industries were wiped out. And I just saw you the other day. We went to a great event. And you were telling me, like, every day, every seat is sold out. Well, you know, when I remember when we were talking about it back, back a year, year and a half ago. And, you know, those of us in the Broadway uh, live theater industry, live entertainment, we sort of we knew we'd be the last industry to reopen because it's about getting people a lot of people in a room to make that magic happen. So um, the fact that we're here and some shows are selling out really well, some we would welcome uh, some more attention to, but overall the fact that we have just been able to get everything reopened and knocking on wood over here safely reopened because of all the precautions uh, that, have, that have been, were so carefully thought out and implemented. Uh, we are seeing uh, the wonderful resurgence of of Broadway, live theater, off-Broadway, um, many events. And it's fantastic. And the difference in the neighborhood of Midtown, of that Midtown West neighborhood from three, three and a half months ago to now is palpable. There's people, there's energy. The restaurants reopened, um, the ones that were able to, you know, hang in and, and reopen. 
and business is coming back. And it just, it's starting to feel like New York City again, and it's wonderful. But we have a way to go, but it's, it's really on the, on, the, on the bright side. No, I, we do, you know, look, we were saying, my Asa, before you were on the show, that, you know, it's, it's come back so much quicker. Okay, obviously, it's got to continue, okay, but, you know, they were projecting it was the end of New York. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, they were like, forget it. And then I remember going to Florida last, I think, January, and I went to Florida, and I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm in another world. Everybody was out, about, but, you know, in New York last year, if you go back, for those of you who lived in New York or the Tri-State, it was tough. They were pretty strict. Okay. Uh, and you know, New York City is the greatest city in the world, and we we did have a tough moment. We got hit the hard. We got hit first. We got hit the hardest, but we are rebounding. And again, the the energy just you you can just feel it. Um, you know, walking down the streets, it's it's palpable and it's wonderful. And as much as we love the nice weather of Florida, you're not going to get that kind of energy down there. No, you're it, not. It's, it's an hour city. Nope. You know. Nope. Um, you know, Wendy, I, I really, you know, besides from being such a successful woman, I, I, I said that in the show, you're so down to earth, you're so real. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was like, I, I, I actually said, okay, you know, I, I know what you, I, like, I know what you do, but I didn't have the whole bio and it was too long to read. And, you know, I was like, oh my God, well, I knew all <laughs> this, but I like at two pages, I just said to all of our listeners, my God, I can't even go through all of this. It's that long and so many great things and also so many philanthropic things. How did you get started? I like, you know, why don't you, could you tell everyone? Cause you know, I, I think um, everyone thinks when they see a successful person and, and actually see a very successful woman, they think, Oh, well, who knows how she knew someone. How did you get started in the business? Like, you know, what, you know, how did you get started in this business? And, you know, what, you know, what made you go into Give us a little about yourself. Absolutely. I, on my mother's side of the family, I come from a family of actors. Mom, mom was radio, Broadway, TV. My aunt was uh, film and then was a big agent. My uncle was the voice of Boris Badenoff and the Jolly Green Giant and uh, Boris Badenoff. So I had all of that side of it, and I was a trained actor. My father had a manufacturing and import business. So I had the combination of loving the theater skills, but actually enjoying and learning business world. We manufactured ribbon for the floral and craft trade and imported all those goods. Dad passes young. I have to say goodbye to the theatrical profession that I was really want, considering and wanting to go into. In the business for years, sold that off, had kids. I have a, My son's two years old. He's in a play group, and one of the kids' dads happens to be a Broadway producer and has two off-Broadway theaters. And we all become really good friends. We're going to theater together. And I'm always talking about theater. I was the one in my neighborhood that was the go-to. What show should we see? What should we do? Because I always stayed in touch. Theater is my, especially live theater. I do film as well, but I love live entertainment. I was the go-to person. What do we see? What do we do? So this friend said, you'd make a great producer. You understand your creativity. You've been on the stage. You can read a script, but you know how to read a balance sheet. And I said, you know, I was still had other businesses going on. I said, my kids are young. Let me be an investor. Let me meet people, see my way around. And a couple of years later, when my youngest was of an age where don't look at my homework anymore at night, I said, okay, I can be out now because you really need to have that flexibility 
not only to be out at night, but to travel, to see shows, find shows, talk with people, London, around the country. And I'd say my first show uh, was um, around 2006. It was a national tour with Joan Collins and Linda Evans, which we could do wow. a full hour on by itself. Oh, that was but it was a learning, was, right? Well, it was those two ladies who got together. But that was an experience. But the person who was the producer on that show had just made a deal um, to bring in Moon for the Misbegotten from London, which was a wonderful production, and offered me an opportunity to be a co-producer on that. And I was very fortunate that, um, you know, I did I entered in that way and just the bug just sort of bit me. And it was not easy to come in, you know, at a stage of, um, I would say, you know, a, a certain age and also as a woman, because people look at you and go, you know, they didn't know that I ran a business before. They had no idea. A lot of the people, some of them just right. knew that, oh, you know, here she is. And I had a lot of ideas. I was always very involved in the marketing and the advertising with my my uh, company business and the floral trade and had an idea of point of purchase and what things should look like. And you and I, Dottie, are the target audience for Broadway, for shows, you know, so I always felt that the advertising, the, the branding, it should, if it speaks to me, you got a shot of me buying a ticket, especially on an unknown brand. And I'd start to speak up and some senior people would look at me and go, well, you're just new. And, you know, I had one fellow relate to me about 10 years later, kind of sheepishly going, you know, I just, I just thought you were here with your husband's checkbook and we're just wanted to play around. He said, well, you really know difficult. what you're doing. And I said, well, do not have my husband's checkbook. I never have when it comes to my theater world. And he said, I was never playing around. I act, I obviously, but he was being apologetic. And I said, I just hope going forward to this gentleman that when women come into the industry or young people come into the industry, that you actually give them the benefit of the doubt that they've got some experience or some brains or some know-how and listen. So to this day, um, I find myself like I know you do. I, I'm not only a mentor, but I truly want um, younger producers, younger creatives, talent around me because they're going to have a perspective and ideas that I may not have thought of or I might not know. And I'm quite a few of the projects that I'm working on, not only for Broadway, but, you know, there's going to be, uh, you're going to see uh, that the world of immersive entertainment in around New York into Brooklyn areas is going to get larger, meaning where you're, as, an, as a theater goer, you're part of the entertainment. You get to experience. You're walking through what the actors are interacting. And this oh, is, is that again, like, coming was from it like a much... Tina and Tony? Was that like Tina and Tony's well, wedding? Where you actually get involved? But 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 just think of it on a whole larger, bigger level. Uh, some of the some of these entertainments going forward that are gonna they're gonna have um, uh, you know uh, technology involved, but just on a much higher, larger level. But again, the, the ideas are coming from the newer and the younger people and people coming into the industry. So based on my own experience, I'm extremely welcoming to new people and to new ideas. And that's sort of how I got started. I, I did that, you know, that show, that, that first Broadway show, and it went well. And I just started meeting people. I really wasn't connected, connected. I had this one friend that let me in, but basically it's like anything else, like you did. You just, you get to know people, you knock on doors. I developed a world of, of wonderful investors, you know, whether, it, and someone said to me, well, I don't invest in that, but I have a friend who loves theater. Uh, in travels. I mean, I would always have on the sweatshirt of one of my shows or the t-shirt or the cap. And someone would say, I love that. I saw it. And I'd go, Hey, would you like to know more about theater? You know, what would you, can I, can I tell you about it? Uh, The same way that I, you know, look around for 
you know, who are going to be the next, you know, um, a, a Benj and Justin that wrote Dear Evan Hansen, who are the next young, you know, brilliant composers or the next talent to be found. You know, it's just sort of a combination where, you know, you're looking for that lightning, that, that, that flash of lightning in a bottle to go, I found it. And I think I'm, I think I'm just about going into my 90th, good Lord, 90th show at this point. I, I, the, I, the, 90? The, the bug bit me. Yeah, the bug bit me hard. Because remember, a lot of our shows go on national tours. I have shows in London. So, you know, on March 12th, I was on my way to the theater, the opening of a fun new musical, which is doing great now, called Six. I happen to be a, a very happy investor in it. Because I don't always, you know, and that shows my, my belief in the industry, because I don't always only produce my, invest in my own shows. But if I think somebody else has a good product, I'm happy to invest in it as well. And we were on our way on March 12th, and we all get the, the notice uh, that late that afternoon that, you know, Broadway's going to shut down. And everyone was under the assumption it's going to be a couple of weeks. We'll be back open April 15th. Right. And I had quite a few shows running, as you know. Um, and actors were told to leave their things in their, in, their, in their dressing rooms. And, you know, here we are with the first, the first of my shows that I'm a, a co-producer on Town. We reopened uh, September 2nd. And they're just about all rolling in. Company with Patty Lapone starts up previews again on Monday night. We, we were supposed to open in March of 2020. Dear Evan Hansen reopens a couple of weeks after that. But pretty much almost everything that was running is running. A couple of my things, just for different reasons, we decided to wait till the spring, tool them around a little bit. Uh, I was just in London opening uh, the Bob Marley musical, Get Up, Stand Up. Dear Evan Hansen just reopened there. Moulin Rouge is going to open there. So again, wow. you know, it's 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 wonderful to see life reopening. And if I can stress anything to your listeners, uh, especially those with concerns, I, as you know, Dottie, because we saw each other during COVID, and you know how I well, had yes. on my mask and oh, my shield. God. I was super super yes. careful. And I'm just going to say that Broadway theaters, off Broadway theaters, are extremely safe places to be. You must show your vaccination card with with photo identity because not everybody asks for photo identity with photo and you must keep your mask on all the theaters did their work in terms of the filters in the airs it is completely a safe environment to be in i have now been to two three dozen shows on broadway off broadway you name it since everything's been reopening knocking on wood everything good because i get tested i want to go to a rehearsal i get tested i want to go to see the workshop of a new show I have to take a clinic test the same day on top of everything. But our industry is being so extra careful because we want to be sure we want our audiences to know we are well, we are welcoming. You're going to get the best entertainment in the world and we are a safe place to be and go a little safer than the airplane going down to Florida where I know a lot of our friends are going to be. The airplane still makes me nervous. A Broadway or off Broadway theater doesn't because we're, we're safe. No, that's really that's so important for people to know. And again, I you know I am uh, an advocate of you know as long as everyone feels different. And you know, like I, I've gotten yelled at a million times when you know sometimes when I have those cheap uh, masks that are paper, they just slide down. Mm-hmm. They just stretch out, and so they all come under my nose. And somebody will say, "Would you put that in the mask on right?" Or like you know, it's, so <laughs> I I you know, and I certainly respect and want everyone to stay safe so and i know that nobody would be coming on and saying that look 
someone once said to me, look, if you, the, if you walk across the street, a car could kill you. So there's a risk of living. Okay. So I mean, well, so I think everyone sure. has to do what. <laughs> no, everyone has to do what they're comfortable with. Um, but Definitely. Everyone has to do what they're comfortable with. But no, okay. That I mean, you know, I'm not. I don't. You know, I'm not in Wendy's position. I only know real estate. But I know that what with Wendy's right there and knows what the theaters do and what they're you know what they're doing. And obviously. They want to make sure, you know, I think I was talking to a year ago, and of course, the actors and the actresses and all the people, I mean, they can't afford to get sick. Um, so I, I, you know, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, you have to do which, what, which, which good for you. Uh, Absolutely. And it's, you know, the, the, the unions have real, the unions have really for, enforced it because, you know, understanding that especially on Broadway, um, it's, you know, we're, we are governed by work with many different unions and, the, you know, and everyone. So when you go in a theater, it's not just the actors, but it's the person that hands you your playbill and the box office. Everybody right. as well has been is vaccinated, keeps their mask on. We are really keeping really safe environments because our goal is to welcome audiences, everybody that wants to come to a show, take in the greatest entertainment that there is and know that they're in a safe environment doing so. And what anybody else does outside of a theater, I agree with you. Everyone, it's their own world and their own business. I can just want to reassure people that in that theater, you are coming into a very safe environment and getting great. Well, we appreciate that. So, so before we have a short show today, so we're we're not only usually, you know, and I remember when I started this eye uh, on real estate, and they said it's two hours. I'm like, how am I going to talk for two hours? Like that's so long. <laughs> Okay, and now, like, you know, an hour seems like nothing. So before I let you leave, let me ask you, to just to all our listeners, can you tell us what's current and what you think people should go see or what do you think are highlights? Uh, because I think, you know, as I said, people are, everyone's level is different, and some people, you know, I, you know, and I respect that. But I think, you know, you're seeing, we in the beginning of the show, Ace and I were talking about how the city it's like when I, I when I came back, you know, during the pandemic, it was still on, I guess. I mean, it was literally a ghost town here. I mean, I, I thought it was like a, an episode of the Twilight Zone. There wasn't a car. I driving back. I have never hit, hit so much traffic, and the streets are busy. The restaurants, if you don't have a reservation, forget it. So, you know, if people are, you know, I think people are coming back gradually, more than gradually. I think it's, you know, I think they're back. And, you know, I think, it, don't forget, we just opened up to international. I mean, so that's... I was going to say, a, a it's, a big plus, it's a big plus for my, for my industry, certainly, is the fact that international, vaccinated international tourists, I believe it's 30 countries, are now welcome uh, because they were a really good part of our, of our traditional right. theater audience. So, well, the same thing with, with, know, with, the good with, news with, is, okay, so there's so much, there's such a diverse amount of entertainment that I can, I'm happy to make recommendations um, of what you think uh, audiences would like. You can go anywhere. If you're a Motown person, you've got Tina Renee Too Proud. If you never saw, uh, you want to see two Tony Award-winning best music, three Tony Award musicals, you've still got Moulin Rouge. You've got Town, Dear Evan Hansen coming back in two, three weeks. You've got the brilliant To Kill a Mockingbird, which um, is going to be around for a while, but it's with Jeff Daniels. We've got Jeff for another couple of weeks. Really thoughtful and really a brilliantly written new play called Thoughts of a Colored Man, which is quite terrific. Um, you've got Funny Off-Broadway, the play that goes wrong. You've got Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, coming in 
the spring, there's a lot of excitement. I mean, people love Hugh Jackman in The Music Man. You've got Beanie Feldstein coming in as Funny Girl, the first time, that's a first time revival. Wow. Uh, so much excitement. There's a smart new Tracy Letts, uh, the Pulitzer Prize winner, a uh, new play coming in called The Minutes. Uh, there's so much really good stuff that's coming in, and there's a lot of good stuff that's there. Jagged Little Pill, a lot of people. Great new musical with Alanis Morissette music. A lot of people didn't get to see it because we opened in December and we were shut down in you know early in March. So again, there's there's a tremendous amount of of opportunity. And I will say that right now, oh, and of course, and I said six. If you didn't see Hamilton or you want to see it again, you still have a shot to get tickets without that six or nine month wait. That won't be for long because that shows really, as always, you know, selling very well. But I would also say that there's probably right now. It may not last long, but there's probably right now good opportunities for getting tickets at reasonable, at better prices or reasonable prices. So, you know, for everyone at well, every different price range, for those that want their premium ticket, it's there. But there are, you can go on Theater Mania, you can go on Playbill, but there's a lot of good offers being made um, right now for really well-priced tickets. So it, it really has become often. And then again, there's, and there's the whole world of off-Broadway which is reopened. There's things that, whether it's the public theater or all the other theaters, those wonderful little theaters on the you know, West 42nd Street. So there really is entertainment for, um, for all ages. And every week, Dottie, something new is opening and something new is recoming, and it's very heartening. That, um, That's terrific. And I'm going to really... so many workshops of new, new uh, musicals that will be for next year and the following year that I can only tell everyone that I, I, you know, I don't know if it's corny to say that it's the roaring twenties again. And again, and a lot of these entertainments that will be immersive where audiences could be able to dress up, come in a character. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to looking at being part of, they're doing it an immersive version of the great Gatsby in London. Imagine having that in New York where we could dress up and go to a speakeasy and be part of the story. But there are going to be so many of these kinds of entertainments for all ages. So I just no, people want to get out. Very we miss human yeah, contact. No. We were saying that in the beginning, and, you know, um, before I let you go, because we're coming to the close, I, you know, Mother's Day, for probably the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, uh, just including last year because everything was closed down, so we couldn't. But every Mother's Day, that is what my daughter, uh, my sister, yeah. myself, and my granddaughter do. We get tickets. I mean, I go more than that, but, I mean, that's just the Mother's Day thing I, that we don't miss. We get tickets to a play. Day of Theater, Mother's and, Day. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And that's like our tradition. So last year we couldn't do it. So we're, but I, I will, I'll be back. You know, I'm, I, I can't wait. I think I have something tonight. So I just want to say you are terrific. I, I also think that people, when they see someone like you who's so successful as a woman, they right away think, oh, you know, and you had a struggle and you balance somehow. And I, it's hard. A family, um, a marriage, mm -hmm. friends. Uh, it's and it's kind of a juggling act. I really respect and think so much of you, and I want to just thank you so much for being on the show. It's it's uh, it's thank Daddy. We have a mutual admiration. We have a mutual admiration society. You know that. But I'm happy to see it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you see it in your daughter's generation. I see it with my daughter and her friends, where the opportunities for you know uh, for women are in particular are really growing. And, and I, you know, so thank goodness that, you know, you can have a career, you can have a family, uh, you don't have to throw away one or not have one for the other one and, and still be an active member and a giving back to your community 
uh, a member of your community, which you and I both know is really important, and, and, and paying it forward. It's so important. I have interns. I, I, I enjoy mentoring because, again, I was gifted with a, a little crack of a door to open. I had to know what I was doing when I got in, as did you, but at least somebody gave me that little chance to get in there, and I'm more than happy to do it for others who love theater and live entertainment as much as I do. Thank you so much, Wendy. Um, it's really been terrific, and I just stopped smiling. Like, my smile, if you could see me, you'd see my smile so big. Um, just a pleasure, and just to, to know you, to have you as a friend, and to know someone who <laughs> is so successful, down to earth, does everything, and gives back. So thank you. Have a great weekend, and I'm going to see you very soon. Thank you. Pleasure. Take care. Thank you. I'm Amazing listening to you and Wendy talk, you know, just female visionaries, you know, at its best. And, you know, I enjoyed listening to the conversation that you and Wendy had. It was, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, and as I said, I mean, she has, I mean, I couldn't, um, I had all her credentials. I know what she does, but, like, there was, like, three pages of it. I said, well, like, it'll be five minutes on the radio. I bet people, That's it's just, you know. she is the most real, she's so smart, she's down to earth. And all I want to say to everybody, and, and, and you know, like Ace, you know, as I, I tell that story about a million times, you know, when I, when we started with Ace and we started working with him in real estate, uh, I was interviewing, we were with a different bank, obviously Citizens is the one that I really feel so strongly about, but we, so Ace was in some pro, you know, like a, a program that they had for this bank for their gifted people and people they think could go far. And he was the last person to come in on a Friday. I will never forget it. I had four interviews with what I call, no offense if you're a suit, but a suit person. You know, the guys that were well-dressed. I don't mean he wasn't well-dressed, but, you know, they were in that regular suit and they were married and they were probably 45 years old and, you know, had been in the business for years and years and years. And it was a Friday night and I had like four interviews before that. And it was like four or five o'clock at night, I think. And I said, oh, gosh, I, I, I wish I could tell something. So and all of a sudden, Ace walks in. And here's this guy, you know, younger than, how old were you then? I can't even remember. In your 20s, like, girl, I mean, I don't know. Oh, was in my 20s. I was in my 20s, yep. Yeah, and he walked in, and, you know, he was dressed great, but not in, like, a suit. And, you know, he was young, so he can't get away with, you know, even, like, when I started the real estate business. You know, I couldn't say, oh, I've been had 20 years in the business. They saw my age, and they're like, oh, I, I bought three houses before you were even born. Okay? So, you know, you couldn't really take that. And he, But as soon as he spoke, I saw so much in him. I saw he's brilliant. He's smart. He's a go-getter. And let me say something as a closing. This is a show on real estate, and everyone loves real estate. But it's also something that, like, we hopefully give back. And for all of the struggling or things, there's the people, you know, if you really want something, don't let somebody tell you you can't. Definitely. And I look at, Definitely. Yeah, and I look at all the people that told me that I could. And I'm sure Ace, who you now for when everything, I'm sure they tell you. So never take. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.